Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Anna Mullen is going to speak to us today about Psalm 23. I'm originally from Argentina, but I've been living here in Ireland now 34 years. The last 18 years in Dublin before we live in the wonderful city of Cork. Uh, or East Cork, let's say. Uh, I'm married to Sean, who is uh, from Ireland, and we met on board the ship Dulos from Operation Mobilization. That's where I worked there for three years, and Sean worked for 18 months. We have three other children and two grandchildren, and we have a social enterprise now in Smithfield Square called Third Space, changing the city around the table. That's the slogan of Third Space. Um, I'm a spiritual director, so I meet people on a one-to-one basis who want to help with to deepen their relationship with God, and I'm also an artist in my spare time. So that's a bit about me, and I'm going to invite you now, you see, when, when we come to meetings like this, we come with a lot of things in our lives that are happening, and sometimes I personally don't like when people say, let's forget about everything that happened in the week, and concentrate on the Lord, because I do believe that the Lord is interested in everything that happened in the last week. So maybe we can spend a few minutes just as we say in our retreats is to help you to arrive, okay? And uh, I'm going to invite you, if you are comfortable with, to close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. So how are you feeling at this time? Imagine Jesus is next to you and saying, well, how are you? How was your day? Now I'm going to invite you to to give thanks for something that might have happened today or during the week. Something that really struck you and you say, oh, that was, that was good. That felt, made me feel full of joy. And I'm going to invite you to say to Jesus that and to give him thanks for that. And now I'm going to invite you to reflect on something that might have happened today or during the week that you found difficult. And wonder what you did with that. Were you able to talk to Jesus about it? Or can you talk to him now about it? And the last one. I'm going to invite you to express your desire desire to Jesus. What is it that you would like to take from here this afternoon to apply for the rest of the week or your life or whatever. Just express your desire to Jesus. Thank you very much. Psalm 23. The reason I told Stephen that I would speak on this psalm because it's a psalm that I've been meditating for a few months. And I'm going to read the psalm And if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes and use the gift of your imagination to try to connect with the passage. If you want to keep your eyes open, that's fine. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk <clears throat> through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After you have listened to that, I have a couple of questions for you. We want to do this into a conversation. What does he tell you about the person who wrote this? What is his, his state of being? How would you describe the way that this person feels? Any word? Content. That's a good one. Something else? Peaceful. Very good. Anybody else? Okay. And the next question is, what are the feelings of the person who wrote the psalm about the shepherd? What does he think about the shepherd? If you want to use one word. He trusts him, okay. Caring, caring, okay, thank you. Caring, any other word? Provider, very good. He really thinks that is, as the Americans would say, awesome, isn't it? He's a great guy, this shepherd, really, really good. Okay, you have been through the Psalms, so I'm just not going to dwell too much about introduction, but the Psalms are honest prayers, really. They are responses to life with God in the picture. These are not prayers that are elegant prayers. Some of them are nice, like this one. Some of them are horrible. Hmm? Because they are not intent to be holy prayers and to say you have to pray in this holy manner. They are prayers full of honesty. And they are the prayers, most of them written by David, but there are others who wrote it as well who are talking to God, not only about how good he is, but about the injustices of the world, and why the wicked has so much and the poor go so little, or if I could only get their heads and smash them against the wall. That guy was pretty angry. But that's what people do in the Psalms. They come to God with everything in life. And in this case, uh, is Psalm 23. It's one of the most famous psalms. And it's one of those that I watch in TV, a lot of programs, you know, that they have a funeral and there is somebody reading the Psalm 23. And, uh, and I actually um, think of it very nice, but on the other hand, it makes you think that this good life is only going to happen after you died. So once you are dead, then you're going to have a good life. So that's the reason sometimes I don't think it's appropriate to think that it's only a psalm to be read or to be thinking that it can only be fulfilled when we die, because that's not the reality for David. And that's not, never what the scriptures intend. 
whatever is in scripture has to be lived out today. It's relevant for every day of our lives, not only for, it was not only relevant for David or for Paul, it's something that affects us nowadays. David was a shepherd, so he knew about sheep. And in the first first verses, he talks as a sheep. And you know, this, um, somebody must have told you this already, but sheep are pretty stupid animals. You know, because they just follow whatever. They follow another sheep, and they can go into danger. And David knew a lot about following and making a lot of stupid mistakes. So, but this is a psalm not so much to talking about the sheep, but to talk about the shepherd himself. And the shepherd is God. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is a statement, like somebody said, of trust, of confidence. And from verses 1 to 4, the sheep, who is David, talks about the care. As somebody said, he's a caring shepherd. So he takes it about to green pastures. Why do you think he wrote green pasture? What difference does it make? Why would he say green pastures? Is, is the, if the pastures or grass, is it always green? There is more life, but if you are going to lie down, where is more comfortable? If the pasture is green, it's more, how do you say, cushy? Comfortable. If there is no, no grass, you are uncomfortable. So this is the care that the, the shepherd takes. I'm going to take him to green pastures. And then he talks about quiet waters. Why do you think, what is the risk to a sheep that if he does goes and drinking waters that are not quiet? They can get drowned, they can fall very easily and be taken away very quickly. So the shepherd has to take them to a place where it's very, the waters are still and the, the sheep are safe to drink. And then he says that he guides them along the right path. There are paths that are treacherous and the sheep gets into trouble. I mean, in Dublin we don't see many sheep, but we live in a country that's great advantage because you don't have to go very far to see a sheep. I come from Buenos Aires, a small city of around 10 million people. And uh, the next sheep you are going to find it in Patagonia, which will be around 25 hours if you go by car. Okay? So I'm not, I never saw a sheep, and when I came to Ireland I have never even seen a cow. Even when I ate steak all the time. <laughs> But the cows live far away from where I was living, okay? So it's very hard for us to relate to this because we don't see sheep and we don't meet uh, shepherds in the way that, that David was. Uh, but then apart from that part of the, the first few verses where he talks about the care, he also talks about the dangers. There are dangers here. Well, and so he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil. The darkest valley had very, very dangerous animals who will go and attack the sheep. I'm part of a co-op, so a vet of vegetables, so I pay per month, and every Thursday the, the farmer comes and delivers all his vegetables just outside a third space, and he also brings eggs. But there are some times when I said, Seamus, have you got eggs? And he said, no, the folks got all my hands. Okay? Nature is not that nice at times. And this is what happened. There are dangerous animals in the valley, and the shepherd is there 
for companionship and for protection and putting his own life at risk. Remember, there were no guns in David's days. Okay? So it was not easy for the shepherd to protect the sheep. He was risking his own life. And then from verses 5 to 6, David speaks as a fugitive. If you're interested in how David's life went, you can read 1 Samuel. And he was running away from King Saul, who wanted to kill him. So he had to be hiding in caves and running away in the desert. But in the midst of all of this, he said, you prepare a table in front of my enemies. Now, I struggled with that passage for, for that, that verse for a long time. What actually meant until I read something written by a, a friend of mine, Eugene Peterson. And he said that in the desert, nomad people, Bedouins, the culture says that if you see a stranger coming, you provide for them food, regardless of what the person have done, regardless if the person has been persecuted for something that they don't know, the obligation is that you provide something to eat because you are in the desert. The next spar might be a long way. Okay? So that's what you have to do. You provide. And, and David is saying, that's what you do to me. You are providing something for me. In the midst of all this trouble, I can find this tremendous comfort. As I, as I meditated on this um, on this. Um, Psalm, I realized that what David believed about God made him live a life full of the certainty of God's love, care and forgiveness. David was not perfect. He committed adultery, he lied, and committed homicide. Not the type of guy that you will think is the example for all of us. However, God rescued him, and he believed that God was the best thing in his life. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus asked his disciple, who do you say I am? This is a very important question, but not only the question is important, but the answer. Because if we think that Jesus was just a good teacher we can end up just following his teachings, but still very much on our own, no companionship. Just give me the set of rules and I'll follow you. But the rest of the life, my life is mine. Just I'll do what they're praying or attending church or do good to others, whatever. But the rest of my life, I can manage it very well. If we think that life, the life that Jesus offers, the eternal life, abundant lives starts after dying, then that is not much of a good news to anybody. There's nothing you can do about the afterlife. What it matters is how you live today. So that message is not very good to me. But if I fully believe that Jesus was in John 10 when he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the one who went to the cross. I am the one who went to look for the sheep. I am the one who took everything, all the enemies that they were after you. I just took all of me. 
the good news as well is this good shepherd is not dead. He's quite alive. He's present. His, king, his kingdom is present in the world today, but hidden. We need to pay attention. We live in a very, how do you say, confusing world at the moment. We don't know what is coming next. I have the BBC News app. Sometimes I think I wouldn't, I would like not to read it, but I do it every morning. I want to know what is happening. And it's very easy to think that God somewhere is just hidden and doing nothing. But that's not the reality. The kingdom of God, this Jesus, this good shepherd is present in the world, but hidden. He's interested in our everyday lives, in the work at home, in the work that you do in your office, in your studies in college. He wants to keep company with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to guide you. And he wants to be with us in our darkest moments as well. He prepares a table for us in front of our enemies. And we might not have enemies like David had, but we have loads of other enemies. Our enemies might not be physical ones, but we have our inner enemies, the bad decisions that we might have taken, the mistakes that we have made, the people that we hurt, the bad upbringing that I had, the dysfunctional home, the sickness of my father or my own sickness. All of these are enemies that are always assaulting us inside us and we are, they are not allowing us to live in the reality of the freedom that Jesus lives. And when we come to that table, that beautiful table that he lays down where we share that bread and that wine, that's where we remember that there are no enemies. This is the table where one can go and is fully accepted, fully loved. The table where Jesus says, I am your good shepherd. Now, this is all very nice and it sounds very okay, but how do I live the reality of the good shepherd every day? The reality of the shepherd walking with me all the time. One of the things that happened to me is that I was reading a book by Dallas Wheeler uh, called Life Without Luck. And, uh, and in that, the author of Dallas Wheeler died a few years ago, so the book is actually a compilation by uh, his daughter and uh, other friends on talks on Psalm 23. Most of the book is about philosophical way of thinking and uh, the activity of God and the reality of Jesus. And, it is very important what we think about Jesus. If we think that Jesus is only for Sundays or is only for certain occasions, then forget about it. He's not for that. But Jesus is for all of life. And I'm not saying you. I'm, I sometimes do that. I'm only taking his advice when I need him or I call for his help when I need the rest of my life. Well, maybe I can manage it myself very well. So... I started reading that book, and one of the things that he said in there was that before you start every chapter, you have to read Psalm 23. So I did that. And because I like to paint and I like to write, so I did it for myself in a little, in a little card. 
which in a little car, so I'd be able to memorize it. Okay? So I read every day Psalm 23. Now, I don't have to read it. I have memorized it. And the phrase that I remember the most is, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And it's something that I try to put into, into practice. First of all, when I memorize, I realize that I'm not memorizing something because I want to be smart and I want to know more than somebody else. I realize that the purpose of memorizing is not so much that I master that, that verse, more that that verse masters me and becomes part of who I am. That I live out of that reality in my heart saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And no matter what somebody can tell me about anything, that's the reality and I want to stand on that. So how can we do practically live in that reality? Well, I just share with you a few, a few things. First of all, practice gratitude. We live in a world, in the Western world, where we are not a grateful people. We expect always to have more or to have better. God is a very generous God, and he's always, always giving us gifts during the day. So one of the things that I have learned to do, and, and it's not always easy, is to review my day and to go through the things that have happened on that day and the gift that God has given me. A friend sent me a text say, asking me how I am. Somebody invited me to go for a cup of coffee. I got an email from somebody that I haven't heard in a while. My husband did the dishes. He does them all the time, really. Um, and uh, my granddaughter came to visit. I went for a walk, and I saw beautiful things. So you can start with all your day and start giving thanks. And in that way, we, be, we become aware that God is always active. Everything that we have comes from him. Even the goodness that you can express to somebody else comes from him because he has created us. So we don't originate goodness on ourselves. The goodness that we show to others comes from him. So even for the act of kindness that I'm able to do to somebody, I should say, thank you, Lord. You allow me to do something for somebody. So practice, practice gratitude. It will make your life much more joyful. Get to know yourself and what happens within you. Acknowledge how you feel. I do tend to be a bit of a panicky person. Or at least I think I have improved. Uh, and the other day, a very simple example. Um, I, I go swimming Monday to Friday because I had a problem with my leg and they told me I had to exercise. So it doesn't demand a lot of commitment because the, the gym is just at the top of the square from where I live. I think if I would have to take the bus, it would take more commitment. But every day I go and swim for 40 minutes or so. The other day, just before I go, I realized I couldn't find my bank cards. Uh-oh, bank cards. I have bank cards. Uh, 
from Ireland, I have a bank card from Argentina, I have my ID from Argentina, I have, so I was starting, oh, I can't find my bankers, so, you know, I don't know if it happens to you, I just get all anxious, and I say, okay, I'm going to swim, and I'm not, I won't swim as long this time, I'll come back because I need to sort out this, and, I, and then, while I was there, I was thinking, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I'll go back, I can look with more clarity. If I don't find them, I can just go and apply for others. But I'll be okay. So I did that. That's a very simple example. But get to know your feelings. If you're a fearful person, the most important thing is to say to this shepherd, you know, Jesus, I'm afraid again. I'm actually very nervous here. My, my own spiritual director said to me, you know, it's not, even if you just feel fearful, she said, you actually have to tell Jesus that. And when you say it, that's when the grace of God comes in to give you what you need. So basically I said, Lord, I'm actually very fearful about this. And what I need here is clarity and I need peace. And then the shepherd guides comes along and says, I'll give you what you need. I met a friend last week, and my meeting with this friend that I hadn't met for a good while didn't go very well. Um, and uh, she, she was very um, direct and hurtful. Um, and, uh, and initially I thought, oh, that's okay. You know, it's okay. She just expressed what she needed to say. But it was very hurtful, and I realized because I couldn't sleep. And I talked with my husband about it and all of that. And then the following day, as I was reflecting on the character of this shepherd, I remember the parable of the prodigal son and the father embracing his son after he had left with all his money and never saying anything to his son, only just embracing him. And all of a sudden I said, Lord, I just want to thank you that, that you are not like that person that you are like this, that you, you take me even with all my mistakes and all my shortcomings. And you never say, well, what did you do about that? You always say, come here. It's okay. I'm so glad you're back. And that brought a lot of freedom for me. I actually ended up writing a card to her and say, thank you very much for meeting me. Maybe next time I'm done there, I'll meet you again. When we started Third Space, I want to make sure that we don't go over time. When we started Third Space, it was a really an adventure. We, we, had been, we had been doing church planting in Cork. Uh, and then we came to lead a church in Dublin West. And, uh, and after that, it was very clear that we have to move on. And we were actually stepping into the unknown, literally hardly any income, but I can honestly say that I never lost my sleep over it because I had a certainty that this was what God wanted us to do and that he was going to be, a, be with us all the way. And that was six, six years ago. The journey was not always easy because to lack nothing doesn't mean that things will always be as, as we want them to be. It doesn't mean we are going to get everything that we want. What God is going to give us is the inner strength 
to deal with whatever comes on our way. And that's what happened to Jesus. Betrayed by his friends, left alone, make a ridicule in front of people, naked, hanging on a cross. He felt his hour, hour of darkness, but he still was able to say that, to live in that reality of God, loving him. So, I want you to think more and more about the question of, that Jesus put to his disciple, who do you say I am? Who is Jesus to you? There is no right or wrong answer on this because we are all in a spiritual journey. And so Jesus is not going to say, oh, I told you I'm the Christ or anything like that. He will work with you. That's the beauty of him. He works with us where we are. And if today you cannot trust and you feel, oh, I cannot trust, you can tell him, Lord, I think you're wonderful, but I actually have a problem trusting you. I actually like to control my own life. And you know, he's not going to get a fright. Just imagine it's like a friend sitting next to you saying, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk how can I help you so I, you can trust me more. So there is never condemnation because what Jesus wants is to bring the best out of each one of us and inviting us to live in the freedom that comes from, leading, from being led by this shepherd that is certainly very, very good. Thank you.